Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. This is Good Humans Podcast with me, Cooper Chapman, chatting to the world's best about the inspiring stories that got them to where they are today. Welcome to another episode of Good Humans Podcast. Big, big thank you to everyone who tuned in last week. Our Willie is an absolute legend. I had such a good time up at Our Willie Land, flipping on his tricycle. Make sure you check out my socials. If you want to see that, it was good fun. And yeah, episode that really sparked a lot of curiosity, I think, for some people around being a good human. And that's exactly what this podcast is all about. Speaking of good humans, all you people out there listening, it would mean the absolute world to me and help this podcast get to in front of more ears and more amazing people to hear these inspiring stories. So if you are listening, make sure you head over, like, subscribe, do all those great things. Leave us a review. I really want to start reading out reviews on this pod and letting people know, yeah, the sort of impact this these inspiring conversations are having because I know the guests definitely get a big kickback out of it knowing that their stories can inspire people to live better lives. And on to this week's episode. Today's episode is with a very, very good friend of mine, one of my best mates, actually. He's one of the main actors on Neighbours. His name's Hendrix on Neighbours, but his name on the real world is Benjamin Turl. And we had a really cool chat about all things acting, his kind of upbringing when it came to being a young professional male dancer in a culture that is generally looked at in a funny way. As my preconceptions when it comes to young male dancers was definitely a lot different until I met Benny and understood how beautiful the art form is, the amount of time, effort and passion he puts into his craft is really, really second to none. And yeah, now he's one of the main actors on Neighbours. And in this chat, we really get to talk about the different skills that they have to develop being young actors and the different skills when it comes to emotional intelligence and being able to switch on and off is something that I learn a lot from. And yeah, hopefully you guys listening out there will learn some stuff too. So welcome to Good Humans Podcast, Benny Turland. How are you, mate? Hey, mate. Good, good. Um, thanks for having me. Um, I guess it's a, it's a long time coming, I think. Yeah. <laughs> We've wanted to have a chat for a while. I know. So everyone out there listening, Benny's one of my best friends and... Yeah, we've been talking about having this ch- chat for a while and <laughs> down in Melbourne right now for the Oz Open Tennis and doing some stuff and Benny lives down here for work, which we'll chat about during this chat. But yeah, thanks for having me yeah. down in your beautiful house in Melbourne, I Mate, guess. tell the welcome. Yeah, let's um, start by telling the listeners who you are and what you do quickly and then we'll get into your story. Um, oh, what am I? Who am I? No, um, I'm, um, I'm an actor. I'm um, currently working on... Neighbours, I play the role of Hendrix, um, but also uh, been a dancer for a very long time. And um, yeah, yeah, that's kind of what I do. And um, who am I? It's just, I'm just just a dude out in Melbourne with his mate. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, let's um, go back to the start of your story because I'm so intrigued. Being a young actor is mm. such an interesting career path and you've yeah. obviously done really well with it being one of the main roles in Neighbours, but... 
let's go back to the beginning. Where'd you grow up? What was your family life like? Siblings? And yeah, let's rewind back to the start of Benny Turland. All the way back to the start. Um, well, I grew up in a small, well, it's not really a small town. I grew up in a place called Barrow um, in Southern Highlands, which is just south of Sydney. Um, inland, so that was a different upbringing, especially coming into like the arts and um, as a male dancer um, down there, being one of the only male dancers in probably like 150 kilometer radius um it was a different upbringing i think than i than most kids um from down there i think um but i, I mean it's such a great place to grow up very humbling but um yeah i, I guess i got to, an older brother and an older sister um which are a great influence on my life i think i was very blessed um uh, with the support system in my family i was very very blessed um especially just, you know, doing something that's just not very common down there. Um, I think I think having the support system was the best thing. Um, so, yeah, grew up down there and went to school down there, did high school down there. Um, and then I say down there, but I'm in Melbourne right now, so it's technically <laughs> up. Um, but, um, yeah, went to school down there and then, and then I left school end of year 11. Um, but I started dancing... Um, that's how I kind of got into acting through dancing. But I started dancing when I was three. Um, very influenced by my sister. She was a dancer, and then I used to always just try and go to the to pick up pick her up with the, uh, from dancing with my parents. And I'd try and go ten minutes earlier so I could learn the routines. I'd go inside and watch my sister and stuff. And so that got me into it. Um, and I used to always be influenced by music. Um, and so I think my parents just kind of put me in. Um, and then. I was doing that. I was dancing kind of just as a hobby after school for probably 10 years. And then um, when I was about 12 years old, I was um, I auditioned for a little group um, called Little Bandits Crew. Um, it's just quite a funny name, but it's just... That was kind of the kickoff. That was when I kind of realised... I mean, coming from a small town and being the only male dancer that I've ever seen, I'd, I'd go to a, a Stedford's and competitions and I'd probably see... Um, maybe one other guy or it'd be very rare that I'd be versing another guy um, and so I think um, when I was 12 and auditioned for this dance crew it was an all boys dance crew and that's kind of when I went oh wow like you know this is this is what it's like to dance with other other guys you know what I mean and be mm. and be a part of like a, a crew and, a, and you know, a family of just all dudes and just have that support of going you know like you're not alone um so that was that was a major shift in me, and I just kind of then realized that that's something I could do um, for a very long time, and something I could pursue, and a career I could pursue. And then, um, um, yeah, and we were we we went on to dance on uh, Young Talent Time, a little TV show. When it came back as a a reboot, we went on that um, on the competition side of it, and then we ended up winning it. Um, and that's kind of how I got into acting. I, I got an agent through through that, and then. Um, I just kind of started, I got kind of put into acting. I didn't really love it at the start because um, my heart was so set on dancing. Um, but um, yeah, certain things happened in my life and I kind of went that way. And I'm so thankful I went that, that way. I love dancing, but I think acting is definitely where's, where my heart's at. Mm. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, yeah, my, my, my upbringing was... Um, I think quite amazing. Yeah, I'm very lucky with my support base. Um, I had, you know, my mum, she was a great listener and my dad who likes to practice, you know, he knows how to show love and, um, you know, I had all that. And so I had the support around me and they always kind of 
help me out and let me do whatever I wanted to. And even though it was really hard, I'd be driving up to Sydney three times, four times a week after school. I'd have to finish high school half an hour earlier than everybody um, to be driven up to my dance practice or acting class or auditions and all that kind of stuff. So a lot of my high school years, I was missing school. And currently, and, and, and whilst I was in year like seven, year eight, I was on TV um, dancing and then doing TV shows. I had my first acting gig when I was about 13. Um, and then, so it was just, it was a different, it's a, it's a different upbringing than, you know, most, most kids would have down there. Um, but, um, I mean, sometimes I look back and I don't know how I kind of kept my head on straight. Um, I think it was, I'm very influenced by my brother and my sister. Um, I think that, um, whatever I, whatever choices I make, I, as a kid, I used to always just look back on, you know, what would they think? And so they were a massive influence for me. And I was just so thankful because otherwise, you know, who knows where I would have been, but, um, yeah. Um, I kind of lost my track. Of That's all right. Now, so obviously having older siblings is a really good way to keep you humble and keep mm. you kind of grounded. Cause like you said, you're on TV from quite young. What I want to touch on is, what was your experience like at high school? Because I know obviously being, like you said, a young male dancer in mm. a stereotypically, like you said, there wasn't many dancers around and yeah. being a young male dancer, I can imagine there would have been some, I, um, I'll let you explain it, yeah. but I'm sure there would have been some bullying at school oh, because yeah, I know course, what man. it was like when I was at school when people do something different and something mm. like dancing, which I guess from a male point of view is you know what i mean like you yes. said there wasn't many male dancers around so no. what was your experience like at high school when it came to people knowing you're a male dancer well i think i think um i was playing a lot of football at the same time a lot of touch football um i was doing a lot of athletics and stuff like that as well i kind of had that kind of on my sleeve as it was a part of you know that weird high school thing it's like you know if you're faster than someone it's kind of like you're mm, cooler or you're more popular you know it's that competitive thing so I always had that. So if anyone kind of that, I, I had that kind of on my, you know, on my sleeve, up my sleeve. But um, I think growing up down there, people are just anything that's different. They would just immediately reject. Mm. Um, I got bullied pretty bad through through high school, um, and just name calling a lot of people. No one really accepted me, and then it started to, um, it kind of started going down like, just. You, your mates would stop kind of inviting you and all that kind of stuff. I mean, I didn't really, I think for me, I, I had, I was so driven, so I had my mind so set on what I wanted that I didn't really care. Um, it didn't really affect me too much um, that I, I mean, I, I think <laughs> that I know of. Um, no, but I think especially name calling, you know what I mean? Getting, you know, called all kinds of names and, and just not being accepted. And, and then, and then I, I, I got to a point where I felt a bit alienated. Like I felt like, you know, why am I getting teased for something that I'm not, that, that I love so much, you know mm. what I mean? And how can I, and like, I'd go into the dancing world and I was, I was quite successful there. And then I was just, I would work so hard and I was, featured quite a lot as a dancer and and then I'd come back to this world of you know this country town and I'd, no one would just see me for my value you know what I mean I just and so I just shut them off I um my kind of mentality through high school which I look back now and I try and I, I wish I kind of gave it a bit more time I think I, I, I feel like I wish I was I was a bit more present through high school um 
I could have learned a lot more, a lot quicker. Um, but I, my mentality through high school was just, um, I was very arrogant. I was very just kind of, no one can tell me what, what I can and can't do. I'll just do whatever I wanted. You know, I, I was so set on my own, my own kind of path, um, that I didn't really listen to anybody. Um, and then oftentimes now I have friends, you know, talk to me and go, oh, do you remember this person? Do you remember this person from school? And I just go, oh man, like I just didn't give him that time of day because mm. it was my defense mechanism to get through whatever high school was. Um, so, um, and then I was, I, I, I spent a lot of my, my lunches and recesses by myself, um, in my drama room and, um, and I would just dance through lunch and recess. I just was, um, I had, a, I got given a key, which was really cool to, um, the dance room. Um, and the, which the teacher just let me go in there whenever I wanted. And I would go in there at lunch and recess. And then it was quite cool. Like I, my friend group that I was hanging out with started realizing that I was going there cause I wasn't turning up to wherever we would sit and stuff. And they kind of started following me and then I started teaching them how to backflip and I started teaching them how to flip and we started kind of dancing. And so I had some awesome friends there as well that really kind of supported me and then, um, and made some lifetime, lifetime friends there. And now, and, and they're so accepting. It's been, it's been awesome. But, um, yeah. Um, but I think because I was doing so much at such a young age, I kind of, I had that, um, that kind of push and I had that, uh, reassurance that even if I could talk the talk, I was walking the walk, mm. you know what I mean? So I could, I could say all I wanted and I was proving it. Mm. Um, so I think I was very lucky there. Um, and also my brother and older brother and older sister were very good. They, if, any, if anyone ever said anything too gnarly, they would, <laughs> they kind of go and have a chat to them. So <laughs> that was pretty good. Um, but, um, but yeah, I feel like, I feel like a lot of my defense mechanism because of, um, to try and push away the, the bullies or, you know, to make sure that I'm on my own path. A lot of my mechanisms of my you know, psychology or whatever that I, that I built up, I think I had to slowly chip away at after I left school mm. um, because you get into the real world and you have to be a bit more humble kind of. You have to be a bit more, you know, grounded and, and level-headed and, you know, you can't think, you can't purely, especially because it's an art, you can't purely be egotistic about it because that's not really what art's about. Mm. Um, especially acting and you, you know, it's not about, I want to be the best actor. It's just, I want to be the best I can, the best mm. actor I can, or the best storyteller I can. Um, which I kind of slowly had to chip away at that. Um, and then social media came in, came into the picture and, um, that kind of really took it, took a different path for me as well. I just tried to focus on that, which was, I think, not not stupid but it's just you know it was just a path that i didn't need to go down and um it just picked up other other little habits and and stuff like that that i had to chip away at but um yeah i mean i left i left school at the end of year 11 and i moved straight to bondi uh by myself when i was six, 17 uh, so as soon as i got my license i moved um and that's when i was doing home and away i did home and away for a couple of months like four months or something so um as soon as I had the chance to get out of there, I was gone, you know? Um, I used to have arguments with my family all the time um, about 
how annoyed I was at where I was at 16 and 17. I just thought I should be everywhere else, you know what I mean? Except for that small town. Um, and that, that caused some trouble. Like I just was very unhappy at where I was, um, at a young age. Cause I just felt not welcomed at all in, in that kind of world. Um, cause I feel like down there it's very, you know, working class and, and stuff and I love that like there's a lot of humble people a lot of really work hard, uh, hard workers and stuff like that um, I just felt super out of place and I needed to get inspiration from somewhere and the inspiration I was getting from just was just from myself I didn't wasn't surrounded by a lot of people and I used to sit on the bus and listen to my um, listen to music just 24 7 at school and on the bus I would just um, I would go over and over in my head how I would want the day to go and how I wish that everyone treated me. And so that kind of got me through. I, if I was ever in a, a spot where I felt, um, you know, anxious or felt like I wasn't welcomed, I'd just put my music in, close my eyes, and I'd imagine the world where I want to be. Mm. And that pushed me through because that was that be- eventually became manifestation for me. And I realized, oh, like I've been manifesting my whole life now like without even realizing it because that's been my happy place. So, you know, if I if I would feel like unwelcome or anything like that, I'd just start manifesting without knowing it was manifesting. And then a lot of the stuff I used to picture as a kid, I've achieved already. So um, that's when I realized, oh no, I have manifested all this stuff happened in my life because I pictured it as a kid. And I remember seeing it sitting on the bus, looking out the window going, I can't wait for, you know, I can't wait to be sitting in this spot and writing these things or, you know, just meeting with these people that are, you know, it's so similar to me. And then a lot of it's happened. So, um, it's cool yeah yeah i love like listening to the way that you have that visualization and manifestation process and Mm. also it sounds like finishing school you had the self-awareness to know that your environment wasn't the best place for your growth Mm. let's touch on that let's go that next chapter so you move to bondi how Mm. important was that environment change for you and your growth moving into the next stage of your career i think um I think I kind of jumped the gun a little bit. I think, I mean, I'm so grateful for what, like I I moved out super young, super young before my uh, older sister. I think my brother moved out. uh, They're like four or five years older than me. My brother moved out, I think six months before me. And so I moved out, um, you know, straight away. And I was so young. Um, And I think I just, there was, I was in a, I was in such a good position environmentally um, to grow as a, for my career. But I think, personally for my own mental health I think it was quite damaging I think I didn't have the tools I hadn't learnt the tools yet to really get on top of my mental health or understand my mental health and um and I think moving out of home at such at six, 17 moving to Bondi by myself not having any friends my family's an hour and a half away um that I, I became quite lonely um, because I just didn't know tools. I didn't really get, um, I don't know, taught. I didn't even really go into mindfulness or anything like that, that like that I'm into now. But um, but I was in, I think, just in the right spot um, for me career-wise though, you know what I mean? I was around the right people. I was dancing a lot, mainly dancing. Um, oh, I was actually acting when I first moved to Bondi. I was doing Home Away, but... Um, I think, yeah, from then, um, I was dancing full time after Home and Away and then I um, had an, uh, an injury. Um, my, my left artery was completely blocked um, and I had to get a bypass, but I originally I was, um, 
I just would, you know, would wake up in the middle of the night and I wouldn't be able to feel my feet, my toes, um, and I'd, I wouldn't be able to do any kind of sport. I'd do, be dancing for two minutes and I'd stop, I wouldn't be able to feel my toes after, you know, so I started getting, um, you know, physio and all that kind of stuff to try and figure out what was wrong, but I didn't know. Then I got a ultrasound, figured out that my artery was blocked. I ended up being an experiment for a um, for an operation where they put a stent, a stent that's meant to go in your heart. Uh, they put it in my leg, which then six months later had um, had crushed my artery. It failed, um, and then so that was a whole trauma, like just traumatizing experience as a 17 year old that I was so set on being a dancer and I was really keen on doing musical theater and um and just really pursuing the dance world and even working for artists and choreographing and then that kind of came to a halt I was kind of told like the first consultation I had with a doctor with a with a vascular surgeon was um the first thing they said to me was have you ever been into IT and I was like hang on what do you mean and this is something like I've been dancing since I was three um and I was told you know you might have to change your career paths and um that kind of really hit me hard um and I love to run as well and so anyway after this first operation kind of failed I spent probably the next maybe close to a year having to ride a skateboard everywhere because I couldn't walk um like more than 20 meters without stopping and having to um, like shake my leg out and get blood to my toes so I used to just take a skateboard everywhere everywhere with me because um, that was easier to get around and then um, and that was kind of the transition after I had then had my bypass where they took the vein from the side of my leg and put and replaced the artery and cut a bit of the calf muscle and the compartment all this kind of stuff that I was sitting in the hospital in the vascular ward youngest person there by 60 years um you know just thinking what am what am i what's going on you know and i'm being told that this operation doesn't happen at all it's like you know i don't know one in 10 or one in 12, I, I don't know what it was but uh, you know i'm going how can i how can i be a dancer now then i've i don't even know if i'll be able to point my toe you know what i mean um i don't even know if i'll be able to hold in a you know in a rise or whatever um so that's when I kind of started thinking really deeply about acting. Um, I knew I always loved acting. I knew I'd, I knew I'd be able to, because I think acting is just really, you've got to be exposed to a lot of emotions. And I, as a kid, I used to, those emotions would, would, would fuel my motivation kind of thing. I think I was, I was able to grab onto emotions at a young age and kind of manipulate it without knowing, you know. I, I would just, a lot of my dancing was, fueled by emotion actually all of my dancing was fueled by emotion um and so i was i, I, I was it was accessible to me um and then um yeah i kind of just really decided to pursue acting um which was the best thing that i've done because i think that acting has saved my life and um and made me really kind of talk about my mental health um and figure that stuff out so um yeah <laughs> yeah i feel like yeah it's, it's really cool obviously you're like one of my best mates but this yeah. is why i love doing this podcast because you get to like explain your story to your friends mm. like we've never really had a chat like this so it's yeah it's really interesting for me to learn the journey because i think different career paths for one people listening to this podcast it just gives people permission to do something different yeah and to realize that hey you've built up this whole 
like for 13 years, your dream is set on being a dancer yeah. and then this speed bump comes in your life and you have to pivot. And like you said, when you first got to Bondi and when this all happened to you, you didn't have the skills. So let's talk about mm. acting now. So you say acting saved your life. Yeah. Why is that? And yeah, how does... How does one, because I know acting's not easy. For one, you're yeah. doing rejection. You have to handle so well from mm. casting to not mm. getting jobs. So what was that early journey into acting and why do you say it saves your life? <clears throat> I think um, I think to be an actor is you've got to really, I think it's about manipulating your own emotions, and um, which is kind of gnarly. Um, really, really kind of scary if you don't know what those emotions mean to you. Um, and especially if you're getting into any kind of role or scene where it's a heightened, heightened emotion, if you don't know how to understand those emotions, if you don't understand those emotions, how they, how they work with you or how you feel about those emotions or where they come from personally, then you're going to be a complete passenger to those emotions. And and that'll just, you'll end up at a destination you don't want to be at because it'll, it'll just unlock other things that you haven't spoken about or been honest about. Um, and I think, I think that was acting's really made me become self-aware. I think because I have to, um, I feel like as an actor, you you got to be. I like to say, uh, to be an actor, you have to be so self-aware that you can be unaware. Mm-hmm. Um, so if I'm, you know, talking about a scene and I, I feel very passionate about something in the scene as a character, but me personally as Ben, I don't feel passionate at all. I just have about that thing. I can. I have to establish that and be aware of that, and make sure that I understand that. And so then I can go into the character and and let them it, just so I can differentiate the difference. So I'm not completely just jumping to emotion without going. No, no, no. Where is this actually landing? Where's he's actually coming from? Um, because a lot of the time, I think, especially when I first started Neighbors, um, I. I was 19, moved to a different city, living by myself again. Um, And often I would spend eight hours to 12 hours a day doing scenes and feeling emotions and becoming a complete passenger to those emotions, just letting those emotions coming out without understanding them or where they're coming from. And I would drive home from set feeling like the worst, you know, feeling super depressed anxiety um you know just filled my body and i've never never understood it um because i think your body doesn't know what the difference is between what's real and what's fake if you spend eight hours feeling an emotion your mind is going to believe that that's that's how you feel that's that's you've been sitting on it for that long that's reality you know so a lot of people teach you how to get into character but nobody teaches you how to get out of character and I think that all comes into mindfulness, all comes into self-awareness. Um, meditation helped me out so much as well. Um, I think, especially as an actor, because I'm so exposed to emotions and you've got to kind of let yourself get to those emotions, otherwise you're not going to produce art that, you know, that you, you're proud about. It. I feel like it's, there's a personal attachment to every single character because it's coming from a similar emotion or experience that you've felt. Uh, but... Um, um, oh, what was I just saying? Um, but yeah, I think, um, oh yeah. Cause I was so exposed to emotions. I started to really like certain emotions. I think, um, if you're not aware of you, how you feel and, and, and without judgment on yourself, 
then you can often just kind of love to sit in certain emotions. I, f- I found out that I became addicted to being sad. I just loved the feeling of being sad because it felt real. It felt more alive. I feel like there's very little times when you go, when you're happy in a happy, you know, in a happy situation, you feel happy. It's, it's a lot harder to sit in that and be like aware of that. You know what I mean? Be present in that. I feel like that time really passes. You have to kind of, you have to kind of practice that. You know what I mean? You have time to, flies when you're having fun. Like that, Exactly. You know what I mean? And when, when you're in that moment, it's, you always think about that happy moment after it's happened. You know what I mean? I feel like when you're sad, you're so present in that sadness. That's all you feel. And you just want to feel that. You know, do you think is that a skill that you've tried to lean more into though? Being more present while you're while you're happy, because I know mm. you hear in so many sport and art um, mm. podcasts and people talking about the flow state and that sort of yeah. unconscious present feeling. It's something I've tried to lean quite into recently. Is when I'm happy, and I think it comes back to gratitude. Mm-hmm. When you're happy, really appreciating that you're happy and going oh what was that's why i like to practice gratitude every day even if it's looking back through your day and finding those little yeah. few things so like what, what's your process now knowing that you felt an attachment to that sadness emotion yeah. how do you i mean because we don't want to all sit in sadness not that no. it's a bad thing i think mm. it's a healthy thing to be sad at times y- yeah but I- how do you yeah, how do you realize and try and shift and become more present in happiness and in peace well it's 100% gratitude. I mm. think gratitude is the attitude. That's that's your thing, right? It's um, which I've learned a lot from you actually. Um, I've learned a lot about gratitude through you and through good humans. And I mean, I like to write a lot. I like to um, you know, write down my thoughts and journal quite a bit. Um, I feel like that's the best way to kind of look at something. You know, look at how you're feeling, and you can look at emotion. You can read an emotion. You can read your thoughts. You know, it's just a good way to express it, get it out. Um, but I often, I often, um, I feel like I kind of allow happiness to be, uh, you know, a way of life. It's doesn't, it's not so much of a, I mean, they can, you can feel a destination. Re- yeah. It's, you know, it's, it's not like a, it's, it's just such a journey. You know what I mean? It's about, um, it's not so much. Oh, I'm, I'm feeling so happy at this moment. It's just, I'm, I'm just happy with life. You know mm. what I mean? And then there is moments where you are, you know, super happy and stuff, but I feel like it's more gratefulness. You know what I mean? I feel like when you're in that moment where you are happy, it's more, you're feeling more grateful. You know mm. what I mean? You're, you're present because you're going, damn, you know, I'm so grateful for what's happening right now, the people I'm with or, you know, whatever the experience is. Um, and then you look back and you, that's when you kind of see that it was happiness. I think happiness and gratefulness comes into hand in hand. You know what I mean? Um, and I, th- and I don't think it's, yeah, it's not, you know, unhealthy to, to sit in sadness, but you have to be, you have to be super aware why you're there. You know mm. what I mean? Why you, why you're choosing to sit in this sadness and, and what you're trying to get out of it. And just as long as you do get out of that, or just acknowledging that you can get out of that sadness. I think that's, that is the key because I think, I think the that feeling of sadness, that feeling of, you know, the victim and that kind of mindset um, really pushed me to be motivated to get to where I want to be. Mm. Um, so I think in some ways I'm super grateful that I, that I was like that, but then also I just feel like um, you have to know, you have to learn where that stands and, and, and what that could do to you or what path that could put you down. Um, you know, um, because I think, sadness is an emotion that you just feel you can feel all of it you know so 
I got, I, I just kind of got addicted to that. I used to, yeah. one thing I'd say was sadness is beauty. Um, because after the sadness, you know, there's always, there's always a, a story after it, or there's always a, um, a journey through it, or there's, there's things you can learn through it. Um, but just as, just as, as long as you know that there's a tunnel, uh, the, you know, a light at the end of the tunnel. Um, yeah. Did you think by doing acting, it really gave you the skills, not the skills to mm. come out of um, sadness, because that is something I want to touch on from going into character to out of character, which you mm. did touch on before, and the lack of education maybe that you've had in that area as an actor. But mm. yeah, let's go into that. So being an actor, you go into character for a whole day. Yeah. At the end of the day, you have to come home, like you touched on before, you're driving home and you're still in that character. Yeah. What was your education or into acting? Because I mean... I feel like there's obviously acting schools and stuff like that, but do you think there is a gap in kind of your education when it comes to, like you said, getting in character is obviously mm. very important, but coming out and especially as a young actor, mm. I can imagine it must be so, so difficult on the mental health of people when they're getting screamed at by an adult in a scene and then have to leave, yeah. like how to come down from that. Oh yeah, it's uh, there's no education at all on that, um, which mm. is something that I think I would love to kind of talk about more in the industry is really um just making sure people are aware of what they're doing um and what they're exposing themselves to um because emotions you know like i said before you, if you don't know and you don't understand it they can be so terrifying um and and you could be a complete passenger and end up at a destination you ought to be at but um um i think uh yeah there's very there's a lack of education on that and how to get out of a character i think you, you, like you said you go into a scene with you have a you can have sometimes have a grown adult just yelling at you and and your emotion your body will go into that fight or flight and you don't understand it so there's and then there's a lot of the time there's no cool down period after it um where you can kind of chat about it and and go hey are you okay you know what i mean um i think that's that's not really common either and people are so determined on well especially me i was so determined at just getting the results of the art that i didn't realize what was at stake you know what mm. i mean like people because of the competitiveness or that drive or that want will just you do whatever you can to get to that to get to your best performance kind of thing or you do whatever you can to get in that role or you do whatever you can to be in that position with that actor um without going you know hang on you know what am i actually kind of putting in play here um what am i what door am i opening up here um so for me often when i drive home from a set or if i have to play you know a certain a, a heated emotion or a heightened emotion i like to call my family just to bring it down to the you know their problems um you know what's what's going on in their life brings me back to being grounded um meditation um that is key as well and journaling and that just really helped me out um I think I answered your question. I yeah, no, yeah. no, you nailed that. That's. Um, I think it's important to have the... I just keep coming back to the self-awareness and I think it's yeah. important across all industries. Obviously, it's extremely heightened in your industry and mm. your understanding around it needs to be extremely advanced if mm. you want to keep a level head after having to change between two people. But, yeah. I mean, in everyday life, your average person is putting up fronts and trying to be someone they're not because that's just the way that... That's a coping mechanism and it's exactly. a defense mechanism against... Well, they say, they say that, you know, everyone has two emotions. There's a secondary and a primary. And I learned this through acting. And it's the, the secondary emotion comes out when the primary is too vulnerable. 
So like anger is always a secondary emotion um, because anger is fueled by hurt or anger is fueled by fear, mm. you know, fear of love or fear of um, rejectment or, you know, and so then that's where anger comes out. Um, so, you know, if you're not aware of these things, like I learned that it's, it's like acting is all psychology. You know what I mean? And I learned about my own mental health and why I think do things and why certain emotions come out through acting because of, you know, you, you, you have to understand it. It's the art of going, where are these emotions coming from? Um, yeah. So, uh, um, oh, what was I going to say? I was going to say something more, but I can't forget. Oh, yeah. That's all right. Yeah. Let's go moving forward. Where, yeah. where's, what's the big goals for Benny? We'll get close to the end of this because we have to go to the tennis to watch Ooh. one of our ambassadors, Storm yeah. Sanders, play tennis. But um, who, oh, where was I going? What, what's coming up for you? What's sort of yeah. the future goals being? I mean, how old are you? 23. 23. Yeah. So what's the future goals for Benny moving forward? Obviously, been a crazy couple of years with COVID and stuff mm. slowed down. You've been lucky enough to keep working through it with neighbors. Yeah. But I can imagine a lot of the industries being halted, but where do you see yourself going? What's kind of the big future goals for you and where, and, and why acting? What, why acting? Entertaining people for yourself. Well, I the, think, the expression. Um, I think I, I, there's something about acting. I, I get like, you know, I can be in someone's living room on their, you know, in their just on their TV that someone I've never met in my life and I can portray a story that makes it makes somebody feel something mm. you know what I mean they say that as an actor it's our job to tell a story and it's the audience's job to feel something so if you're telling a story and someone's feeling something out there that then you've done your job you know what I mean and when I was doing musical theater I did um, Saturday Night Fever for three months and every single night had a different audience and there was 2,000 people in the uh, in the audience eight shows a week and that blew my mind that there could be, there's 2,000 people watching me tell a story and and they keep coming back to people that come back every night. And we just, we would have, you know, shows that went for what, three months and it would just, there was new people every night. And that blew my mind that I could tell a story and they could receive it. There's 2,000 different ways it could be received, mm. um, you know, and all of it's valid. All of it, nothing's wrong. You know yeah. what I mean? They could, it's all about expression. It's all about connection um, connection you know what i mean mm. and that's why i love con- it, that's what it is it's connection for me the fact that you know i could go into a scene and not know anything about a person but then i could have a a, a, a really deep connection with somebody that um you you often won't feel and i feel like connection is lost as well in our society nowadays like people need to connect more without judgments and stuff like that and if and when you're on a set if there's like a set is like a little, you know, like a Bible to me, <laughs> like, yeah. like, like, a, like a church almost, you know what I mean? You're in there and it's, there's no judgment, it's, and no judgment, it's, and it's just connection. Yeah. Um, and then there's connection with, you know, everybody that's on set and then not even, not even, not only that, it's everyone behind the camera, everyone mm-hmm. watching. Um, so that connection's just unbelievable. And that, um, and then I think for me coming up, I, I mean, I want to just keep telling stories. I want to keep um, exposing people to certain emotions through storytelling. I think some of the biggest life life lessons I've learned is through watching films and and plays and and music. You know what I mean? All these kinds of expression that's been my drive for and my motivation and my kind of you know inspiration. All of that through my whole life. No, no matter if, even if it's not about art, my whole inspiration for living is through art. I love um, that. 
I just, you know, that's, it's just expression is fucking, sorry, I can't yeah. swear. Sorry. Yeah, you can. Oh, you can. Oh, fuck, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I just, it's expression, it's connection. And, and I think um, in the years to come, I would love to tell more stories, um, more stories about things maybe that, true stories or just fictional, but whatever there is, just to have a connection with an audience and so, you know, me, myself with an audience member that I've never met in my life, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Or, and um, to possibly trigger, uh, not trigger, that's a bad word, to possibly spark an, mm-hmm. uh, an, a, an emotion. Um, and as well, there's that weird thing in the theater, like, you know, you're watching a film and you're kind of like, Man, I'm super vulnerable right now. I'm watching this film and I, I've been sitting here for an hour and 20 minutes and I'm all of a sudden wanting to cry about something ridiculous or, you know, something just that makes no mm. sense or it's a fictional story and you're feeling these emotions. And I feel like when you're in that cinema, you feel kind of safe that you can mm. explore that. Um, and like, it's just, um, I just, yeah, I just, yeah. I love it. I love that that's possible. Yeah, I love that as well. I feel like when you're watching movies, you're so present. It's a great escape for a person mm. to jump into this world that somebody's telling a story, like you said, evoking these emotions and making you feel something is such a beautiful art form. Yeah. I've got two little questions we're going to finish with. One, what sort of advice do you have for someone, let's go a young male that's for one, either getting into dancing, mm-hmm. but wants to move into that acting career. What are some little bits of advice that you could give? Because I know you've gone through some difficult times to get to where you are. And mm. yeah, obviously it's great to learn through other people's advice and other people's hardships. Yeah. I think, I think just, um, trust yourself. I think self-awareness is key. Um, like we said, uh, I think really, um, just be self-aware without judgment. That's my main thing because everyone has that little voice in their head, but they always judge that little voice in mm-hmm. their head. That little voice in their head isn't you. It isn't a part of your art. It isn't a part of... It's just a, it's just a voice. You know what I mean? It's just there. And if you have the ability to create dreams that you've never even experienced, you know, you can have the weirdest dreams in the world, then what makes you think that you can't achieve anything in mm-hmm. your world? Your brain makes that up anyway. So you could you could manifest anything you know what i mean if you want it if you want it bad enough then you can get it you know what i mean you just have to you have to know uh just what's right for you follow your instincts um if something you don't be afraid of emotions don't don't uh run away from opportunities run towards change run towards Mm. um uncomfortableness um throw yourself in the deep end um and learn just just yeah. be an open book you know yeah. what i mean like you can learn something from everybody especially in arts like art the arts is not about who's the best and you know you could you, you could feel something from every single actor in the whole world you mm. could feel a different emotion um because they're telling a different story they're walk they're walking a different life so be an open book don't judge don't um i mean i don't want to say don't because that's yeah. also a blocking word but just be just be open to whatever Life comes at you, it, yeah, you know, yeah. life, life throws at you and, and there's going to be ups and downs and stuff but that's the beauty of it that's the beauty that's the if you don't I, I think that as well as, as the best experience for an actor is life mm. you have to uh, you have to have your heart broken you have to go through something really you know traumatic you you don't have to but you know just those things you, you go back and and um, 
just really decipher where you feel and, and you you got to go back to go to go mm-hmm. forward you know learn I mean? from those experiences and really grow from them and yeah. utilize them obviously in your art form as well that's it and and just be aware of it and then and then you can you can use it into your art form but don't forget we don't have to hurt ourselves for our art yeah so be aware I love that. Great advice for people coming into it. And mm. the last question I always finish Good Humans podcast with. I'm mm. sure you've listened to an episode or yeah, two, yeah. so you know what's coming. Yeah. What does being a good human mean to Benny Turland? Oh. It's hard. I got asked this in an interview yesterday and I was like, fuck. <laughs> You're not meant to throw that back at me. It was really tough to answer. I asked this question. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so what does being a good human mean to Benny Turland? Oh, man, I think... Um, I think being a good human means to me um, being, oh, man, I wrote this down the other day. <laughs> it's really um, I think being a good human means um, self-awareness without judgment, one, mm. of yourself and others. Yeah. Knowing that... Um, everyone has gotten to where they are in front of you at this present time through ups and downs, mm. just like you. So accepting them through their actions or the decisions um, without judgment. You know what I mean? Like um, empathy, empathy, following em- empathy and understanding that someone may, may be doing something or someone may be, you know, treating you a certain way purely because of where what they've gone through and understanding that and showing love and empathy mm. towards that and being like, I love that you've, you've gone through this and that you're at this point. Um, and, you know, just learning, growing. I think, wow, that's a really hard question. Um, being a good human, I think, yeah, just means it just, just under, uh, I think accepting, accepting everybody for who they are without without judgment. Yeah, perfect. Beautifully you know? put. I think it's yeah. like you're trying to make something more complex in your head right now, trying to like verbalize something that's so simple. Like yeah. don't judge people, be empathetic towards the situation and be self-aware and live your life to the best you can. Yeah, just be accepting through understanding. Uh, understanding. So Love that. Well, thanks yeah. so much for jumping on Good Humans podcast. We got there. We had... Finally. Um, yeah, it was yeah. fun having a chat. I'm Mate. sure everyone will I'll leave in the show notes your social handles. You guys can check him out. Neighbours yep. every single night. Hendrix. And yeah, thanks for jumping <laughs> on Good uh, Humans Potty, Benny. Yeah, hopefully uh, see, you, see you guys more. And hopefully I'm in your living room a bit more. <laughs> as sweet as <laughs> yeah, that we'll, sounds. We'll get Benny back on Good Humans very yeah. soon and catch up over the next year or two where he's going. So yeah, thanks again, Benny, for jumping on. Thanks, man. Thanks for having a chat. This has been a Wellbeing Network podcast. <laughs> When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm, Hello Fresh. 
Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.